All right. Well, we want to welcome everybody to Emmanuel, all locations. If you love Jesus, let's give him a big hand of praise. He's worthy. Come on. All locations. Come on. We can do better than that. He's worthy of our praise. He is. He's such, such a good God. How I many you know we are in the middle of a Minnesota summer right now, right? This is the midway point. This is a perfect summer day as well. It's going to be upper 80s, right? Isn't it? It's like great weather. Come on, turn to the person next to you and say, I guess you don't have a cabin either. Tell them that. Go ahead and do that. And if they're like, yes, I do, just say, please give it to me to use, right? Go ahead and invite yourself in to that moment. But uh, summer's been incredible so far. I wanted to just also let you know that at all of our Emmanuel locations, uh, God is on the move this summer at our church. God is doing incredible things. How many love good news? Come on, somebody, right? Good news. God is on the move. And I just want to share a few of the God things that are just highlighted the last few weeks of this summer. Get ready to cheer because God is moving. As of July 1st, just a few weeks back, we surpassed 1,000 people committing their lives to Jesus. Come on, somebody. That's so good, right? Come on. Bible says all of heaven rejoices, right? So 1,000 I don't know if you're aware of this, but right now that we have five Kingdom Builder teams going out over the next five weeks, 110 people on teams, almost 80 of them are our students, our young people. Come on, right? That's amazing. We just had our El Salvador trip return. It was awesome. They saw close to 300 people commit their lives to Jesus on that trip, and that's amazing. I love, love our heart for the next generation as they have a heart for the world as well. And then uh, one more quick thing. Just a, two weeks ago, uh, we saw 64 people water baptized across Emmanuel. And so again, all locations. So not only commitments to Christ, people taking that step of obedience to be water baptized, which is so, so great. Well, we are um, two weeks left in an incredible summer series uh, on the book of Exodus. If you missed it, you can go online. You can watch some of the previous weeks. Last week was uh, the Ten Commandments, Exodus chapter 20. That was week six. This is week seven. And last week, um, our location pastors and others just preached a fantastic message on Exodus chapter 20. And this week is, uh, is just, just powerful. It's part seven. One more week. And you don't want to miss last week and it's next week, which is the last part of it. And uh, in a few more weeks, Pastor Nate will be preaching. It's just been awesome what God is doing. This week, as I mentioned, is part seven. I want you to say this with me. Say, make us stronger. One more time, all locations, make us stronger. So that's the title, if you will, of part seven of Exodus, Make Us Stronger. We are going to look and we, uh, at one of the most um, heroic, um, just moments of responding to a really difficult situation that Moses had to respond to. We're looking at the chapter and the event of the golden calf. And uh, this is one of those chapters that is very well known, even outside the church. There's been movies made. There's history that's been made about it. It's, it's an event that happened. It's after the Red Sea. It's after the Ten Commandments. And uh, it's also one of these messages that's really challenging. 
It's just really, really challenging because if you know a little bit about uh, the golden calf moment and, and the idol that was built, whether you've been in church a long time or you're newer to Emmanuel this weekend and you saw the, the, old, his, the old historical movie, Ten Commandments or whatever, you've seen these moments, uh, there's a challenging response that happens. So if you're up for a challenging word, say yes. yes. All right, half of you. How about the other half? Come on, let's go. Um, we're going to go for it a little bit today, and so we're going to look at this, this historic, incredible event, and it's just going to, um, I don't believe anybody's here by accident. I believe God's got something for me, for you, for all of us, so again, thank you so much for being at church, being part of what God is doing. So I want to set up the backstory. The backstory uh, has three parts to it. And I'll share them really quick, then we'll jump forward uh, to this moment, this chapter that really describes what takes place here. So there's three parts to the backstory. Is there anybody at church today that loves the Bible? Anybody at all? Uh, because we're going to get a lot of it. So you might, even as I read it, you might say, Pastor Darren, you're reading really fast. There's a lot of Scripture more than we would normally read in a, in a message, but you can follow along on the screen. It's available on the app. You can use version or your paper Bible uh, and just be a part of what's happening. But there's a, there's a lot here. I tried to cut it down a little bit, but Scripture, how I many you know it's so powerful, right? It's hard to leave parts out. So I'm going to set this up, share the backstory with you, and we're going to jump into to God's Word here. So part one of the backstory picks up in Exodus chapter 24, and it says this, then Moses, and, and just lean into this and know what it's leading up to. Then Moses went to the people and repeated all the instructions and regulations the Lord had given him. And all the people answered with one voice, we will do everything the Lord has commanded. How many you know that's not going to last very long right there, right? But that was their answer, because you know what's going to happen in a few, a few things, a few chapters here. Then Moses carefully, look at this, carefully wrote down all the Lord's instructions. Early the next morning, early the next morning, Moses got up and built an altar at the foot of the mountain. I learned this over the last few weeks studying for this message, and I've read this chapter probably hundreds of times. And I didn't realize that, I don't know if you realize it or not, but the golden calf was an idol, an altar built to worship God. Moses had already built one at the foot of the mountain. Moses knew the people needed a place to worship, and he already made the location for them to worship the one and true God, and he established that and it's just, it's just dramatic that that's, that's a truth. Then he took the book of the covenant and read it aloud to the people. Again, they all responded. We will do everything the Lord command, has commanded. We will obey. Is there any parents that have ever heard that from your children? Right there, right? And hopefully it happens most of the time, right? So here's part two of the backstory. Exodus chapter 24 again. Moses told the elders, stay here and wait for us until we come back. Aaron and her are with you. If anyone has a dispute while I am gone, consult with them. Then Moses climbed up the mountain and the cloud covered it. So now part three of the backstory before we jump forward here. Exodus chapter 29. So I've jumped forward a few chapters. You can read this. And before I read this passage, I just want to say to all of us at Emmanuel this weekend, Notice God's heart for his people. Notice the love and care and heart God has 
for his people. And can I just say to you, if somebody hasn't told you in a while, if you're a church today, you're watching, God loves you big time. He loves you big time. You might say, I don't feel that right now. Well, God feels it for you. His heart is to be in relationship with you, to have a friendship, to be your Lord and your Savior, and to be the leader of your life. And it's just, just amazing. But look at this. It's scripture says, then, this is God speaking, not Moses, it's God. Then I will live among the people of Israel and be their God. And they will know that I am the Lord, their God. I am the one who brought them out of the land of Egypt so that I, so that I could live among them. I am the Lord, their God. That's God's heart. God's heart is not to be distant from us. His heart is to live among us, to be close to us. And, and now he does that through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's so, it's so powerful. To summarize the backstory as we get ready to read chapter 32 here, here's the backstory. God's people are whose at play here. God's people, those that serve Jesus, that say they're going to follow God, are, those are the Israelites. Those are God's people. They experience so many miracles. So many miracles. That just has happened. Here's one more part I don't want you to miss. Moses was gone for a total of 40 days. Right? 40 days. That's it. He wasn't gone for 40 years. He was only up on the mountain hearing from God for 40 days. So that'll be important. And just also just notice that who was left in charge? Aaron and her. Aaron was left in charge and it talks a lot about him in this passage of the previous four chapters. But he was the one. And so that's the setup. Aaron's in charge. Moses goes to hear from God. And here's what I want to give you. I want to give you an important truth before we jump into a lot of scripture. And then we'll go to some application. And again, I think I think God's got something for every one of us. So here's the important truth. There is great value in a healthy fear of God. I know you might not shout me down on this one, but I'm still gonna say it to you. There's great value in a healthy fear of God. It doesn't get talked about as much in our culture. How many know it's way more fun to talk about his love and grace, right? I love that too, because that's amazing. That's powerful. That never changes. But a healthy fear of God, not where we're fearful of him. We're not fearful to draw near to him. We understand the reverence and respect and adherence that he deserves. He is our God. He is amazing. He is all powerful. He is incredible. So a healthy fear of God is such a part of Moses's journey, and it was a part that when we're going to look at this, with I think the Israelites wrestled with this. And before we're going to pick on the Israelites a little bit, okay? Because it's hard not to in this passage. But just know we are just like them at times. I'm just like them at times, and I got to I got to kind of have my radar up. So Exodus chapter 32, and here's where I might I'm going to pause a few moments, but I'll read a little faster. When the people saw how long it was taking. Moses to come back down the mountain. They gathered around Aaron. Again, how long? Everybody say 40. 40 days. They gathered around Aaron. They said, come on, they said. Make us some gods, plural, who can lead us. We don't know what happened to this fellow Moses who brought us here from the land of Egypt. Verse two, so Aaron said this. 
Take the gold rings from the ears of your wives and sons and daughters and bring them here to me. What incredible fortitude Aaron had, right? Right? He didn't even push back once. And we'll talk a little bit about that leadership and, and what some things we gotta, we gotta watch out for. Then Aaron, look at this, Aaron took the gold, melted it down, and he molded it into the shape of a calf. We even have an image of, of, of part of what that golden calf or sort of what it might have looked like back in that day. So he took the gold, melted it down, molded it into the shape of a golden calf. When the people saw it, they exclaimed, oh, Israel, these are the gods who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Man, how that must have hurt God. Aaron saw how excited the people were, so he built an altar in front of the calf. Aaron not only fashioned the calf, he built an altar in front of it or underneath it, around it, so the people could worship. Remember what I highlighted earlier? Moses already had an altar to worship Jehovah God. Aaron is just, he's train wrecking here, and it's, it's hard to see, and it's just, it's just strong. And so then he announced, this is Aaron, tomorrow will be a festival to the Lord. The people got up early the next morning to sacrifice burnt offerings and peace offerings. After this, they celebrated with feasting and drinking and they were indulged in pagan revelry. Basically, they partied. The Lord told Moses, quick, go down the mountain. God and Moses are together again, up the mountain. Quick, go down the mountain. Your people, <laughs> who you, have you ever said that? Your son, you know, your people, who you brought from the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves how quickly they have turned away from the way I commanded them to live. These are the same people that said, we will always obey God, just a few days earlier, right? They have melted down gold and made a calf, and they have bowed down and sacrificed to it. They are saying, this, these are your gods, O Israel, you brought, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Says verse 11, but Moses tried to pacify the Lord his God, Oh, Lord, he said, why are you so angry with your own people <laughs> who you brought from the land of Egypt with such great power and such strong hand? So there's a little bit about, there's a little bit of mom and dad thing going on here, right? And Moses begins to advocate for the people of Israel. There's so much here, and I'll try not to go too long, and we'll finish up in a good amount of time, I promise, but just follow me on this track. Moses doesn't, Moses doesn't see what's happening in the campment at this moment. He does not see it, study it, look at it. All he knows is God says to him, this is what's going on down there. Can that be a reminder to all of us that God always sees our lives? No matter where we are at, the other people that we might be accountable to in our journey might not always see our lives but our God is omnipresent and he always sees our lives, the good and the bad, and he still loves us. But sometimes he can get a little frustrated as well, right? So he's like, Moses, this is what they're doing. They're doing this, they're doing this, they're doing this. Don't miss this. And Moses is like, God, don't destroy him, don't destroy him. So God, so Moses advocates to God. God basically agrees to not destroy him in that moment and Moses hasn't seen what happened. So here, let's pick up, let's keep going here. Then Moses turned and went down the mountain. He held in his hands the two stone tablets inscribed with the, ter with the terms of the covenant. They were inscribed on both sides, front and back, when, when Joshua, who was with Moses, heard the boisterous noise of the people shouting below them. He exclaimed to Moses, it sounds like war is in the camp. But Moses replied, no, 
It's not a shout of victory, nor the wailing of defeat. I hear the sound of celebration. When they came near the camp, Moses saw the calf and the dancing, and he burned with anger. Now Moses sees it. His feeling isn't the same as he had up on the mountain anymore because it burns with anger. It would happen to anybody that's in leadership over a responsibility. He threw, look at this, he threw the, throne, the, the stone tablets to the ground, smashing them at the foot of the mountain. He took the calf they had made and he burned it. Then he ground it into powder, threw it in the water and forced the people to drink it. Come on, right? This isn't like Gatorade powder, it's not. Right? I don't know what it tasted like, but I, it, I mean, you know, it was a statement, right? There's a little bit of a consequence going, going on here and forced the people to drink it. Finally, then, he turned to Aaron and he demanded, what did these people do to you to make you, to make, to, to make you bring such terrible sin upon them? And Aaron says this, don't get so upset, my Lord, Aaron replied. You know, you yourself know how, how evil these people are. They said to me, make us gods who will lead us. We don't know what happened. We don't know what happened to this fellow Moses who brought us here from the land of Egypt. So I just told him, hey, whoever has gold truly, take it off. When they brought it to me, I simply threw it in the fire and out came this calf, right? So think, I know I'm reading it, but truly that's just what scripture said. I didn't add any words to it, right? How many of you know sin can be dumb, Right? Like, have you ever been caught and you're caught? You're like trying to work, you're trying to say something that will get you out of it and you can't come up with anything good. This is that on like steroids right here. Like Aaron's trying to blame other people. There's other things going on. And Moses, man, he is, he is really struggling. When you, when you read and study the event in the scripture in Exodus chapter 32, most people have this similar response at the end of it. They, they respond something like this. Wow, how could they turn against God so quickly and so easily? How? In a matter of days, a matter of weeks, 1.5 to, to, 1 to 2 million people rescued through the Red Sea, received the Ten Commandments, see the cloud, the glory, all that's going on. And with a matter of weeks, they're ready to walk away. And I, here's, here's what God's challenging me with on this whole journey as I've been studying. I'm like, wow, how could that happen? But the Holy Spirit's also been saying, Darren, are you doing that any place? <laughs> right? Is there any place that we're walking away and forgetting really fast about who God has called us to be? So um, I'm gonna ask you a question. Um, how many of you know what one of, I think what I think one of the greatest um, car inventions or options on a car that's new in the last 15 years? All right, and it's not cruise control because it's older than that. Here's what I think it is. I think the option that's on cars called blind spot monitoring. All right, so it'll be up on the screen. I hope can you see that? So it's up there. Blind spot monitoring. So it is on, on the driver's mirror. It's on the upper left-hand corner. On the passenger mirror, it's on the upper right-hand corner if your vehicle has it. I'm gonna tell you, I am thankful for that little blue, that little yellow light. I love it, right? Because here's what it does. It, it focuses on an area that I can't see. And when it's in that blind spot of the driver, that yellow light comes on, right? 
Even my car that's just a couple years old, that yellow light comes on and if I start to go to make a turn into the other lane, it blinks and beeps at me because I need a lot of help, right? Anybody else? And I know what, I mean, I am thankful for that blind spot monitoring that's in our vehicles, it happened, we were, Jane and I were driving to church today, driving on 35E through St. Paul, and I was changing lanes, and there was a moment, and it was blinking, and I thought, I'm just going to stay right here in this lane. So there's something about that, that it's just, it's just so, so cool. So I want to say this to you, um, and I want you to say, I wanna, I'm going to say a phrase, and I would love us to say it together at all of our locations. So would you say this after me? Say, I have blind spots. At least one. All right. That was for the ego people in the room, right? So I have blind spots at at least one. Right? So here's the question the Holy Spirit's been challenging me with. I'll ask our church this weekend. So who helps you with your blind spots? And spouses don't like elbow each other right now, okay? But broader than that. Who helps you? Is there a way that we could live our lives in awareness that even though we love Jesus, hopefully with all of our heart, want to serve him with all of our heart, and our, and, our, and our destiny is heaven, and we're living for Jesus, that we are still a work in progress, that sanctif sanctification is still growing in our lives? Could we live our lives with that awareness, and we have to have that blind spot monitor, and that we would treat it like the option on the car, like, oh, I'm so thankful I got it. Even though it stops me from going in the lane, I want to go in right then, right? I'm so thankful that it's there. And I'll tell you, because we, I need it. We all need it. If you don't need it, I need it. And it's just, it's just part of, of that journey. So I'm going to give you um, some application here as we wrap up over the next 10 minutes or so. And I'm going to give you some personal application. You can, again, uh, you can write these down. There's six different quick points. And they're, they're challenging but I want you to say, make us stronger, one, two, three. Make us stronger. So we're gonna kind of go after this for a few moments. So as we have personal application, make us stronger, kind of, kind of taken from all the scripture that we just read and learning from the Israelites. So the first one is this. How long can I serve God without a miraculous sign? How long could I serve God without a miraculous sign? The Israelites struggled with something called fast memory loss, right? They had a very quick loss of memory of the goodness of God, of the miraculous presence of God, of the miraculous power of God. It's throughout the entire book of Exodus. I've learned it a ton as I've been listening to our other preachers on staff at Emmanuel and, and all that God's taught us throughout this series. But how long can I serve so that I don't have, I serve God without a miraculous sign so I don't have fast memory loss? And I bet I, I know at times I have. Here's the second one. How deep is my loyalty to God? How deep is my loyalty to God? I don't know everything that happened in the moment, but I do know this. Aaron and her were left in charge. The people wanted to raise up idols. And neither Aaron nor, nor her that we're aware of said, wait, stop, no. 
we serve the almighty God and we will place no idols before our God. There was nobody that had that loyalty. Emmanuel, could we be those people? Not that are mean-spirited towards anybody. That's not what it's about. But in a loving, kind, and truthful way to ourselves, we're like, no, I am loyal to God. You know, you've heard the phrase, it's in scripture, but as for me and my house, right? That's kind of like I drive the stake in the ground. That loyalty is to God. And I pray that in my life. And you'll notice these are all personally phrased. They're not for the person next to you. They're for you, okay? How deep is my loyalty to God? Here's the, here's the third one. How strong is my sin resistance? How strong is my sin resistance? Can I tell you that the pathway to sin is super easy and super fast? The consequence of sin is long-standing and painful. It's usually super easy to get to sin. And it can usually be really fast. But that's not the long-standing effect in our lives. is separation from God and pain and struggles and things that we reap what we sow. So just, just as we look at that, how strong is my, my sin resistance? If you're with me, say yes. All right, I know it's challenging. Here we go. We're gonna, we're gonna get to some more <laughs> lighthearted ones in just a moment. Here's one, uh, th this, next, this next one. How, how vulnerable am I to following bad leadership? How vulnerable am I to following bad or poor leadership? Let me be clear that I'm not saying learn from, be inspired by, um, hear something great. I, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about following, coming under, being part of leadership. Um, just a caution I would give you as um, in, this, in this moment, you know, maybe just, just be cautious of people seeking their own platform. Be cautious, seek, be cautious seeking leaders that are striving for celebrity. I'm not thinking of any one leader. I'm just saying be cautious and then, in other words, think of leaders in Scripture and leaders in our lives that are great examples. And I'm not saying this for any other reason, but I just want Emmanuel to know the reason, one of the reasons I love our church is because my friend, my boss, and my pastor, Nate Roosh, is high character and high integrity. Amen? High character, high integrity. Amen. I mean that. Pastor Nate didn't text me and say, say this. Okay, it's not there. But it's true. It's true. So just, just, just be careful. Here's the next two. How strong is my memory of God's provision in my life? Come on, somebody. How strong is my memory of God's provision in my life? Some of you have heard me say this before. I do it at least every couple months. If you need help with this, start a gratitude list. Just start a gratitude list. You can do it on paper. You can do it on your phone. You can do it anywhere where you just pause and say, even if I'm in a season of difficulty, here are the great things God's done for me. Here's how blessed I am. Here's how, here's how good God is. Just do it. Sometimes I'll pull over on the side of the road because I literally will and I'll text things to myself about the goodness of God in my life because, in my life because I need to hear it, right? Man, the gratitude list. I shared earlier that last service that Jane and I yesterday, we, we were had a family gathering with our kids, um, our three daughters, our three sons-in-laws, and our four grandchildren. 
And can I tell you how grateful I am? That my kids and my grandkids love Jesus with all of their heart. They love their mom and dad and they love each other. Come on, somebody, right? And I, that's not because of Darren's goodness, it's because of God's goodness. And just so at times you might say, well, I don't have that story. Well, work on it now. Go for it. Ask God to help you have that story because it's so, so important. Here's the last one. As a leader, and I'm gonna put in parentheses, parent, boss, elder, sibling, friend, put it in parentheses. You are all leaders. As a leader, am I high integrity and trustworthy? Am I high integrity and trustworthy? There was a pause, unfortunately, and Aaron's integrity and trustworthiness. And before we get too down on him, and he, he, he messed up, we pause ours sometimes and need God's grace. So again, am I, how do I, where are my blind spots that I gotta work on? It's so, so important. As we get ready to close over the next couple minutes, I wanna just share, because I mentioned how this passage, and when I dive into scripture, I'm inspired by it. It also intrigues me. So I want to ask you a what if question. What if Aaron would have been truthful and not lied when Moses confronted him? Wow. So the, the straight answer, the biblical answer is we don't know because it didn't happen that way, right? But I wonder what would have happened. If when Moses confronted Aaron, Aaron was like, man, I have messed up. I have sinned. We don't know. We don't know. But what we do know is in Scripture, there's other examples of, of, of that full humility, transparency, when we get kind of busted on the journey, if you will. We get kind of found out that we've let integrity breach. We've had our integrity or trustworthiness or we've been sinful. You can think of, there's so many places of scripture. Second Samuel 12 is, is where David was confronted by the prophet Nathan after his adultery with Bathsheba. And he was confronted. And this is David's response. David did terrible things. In this moment, this was David's response. I have sinned against God. Please, God, create in me a clean heart. Oh, God. Please don't take your Holy Spirit from me. I don't want to be that kind of leader, is what he was saying, right? Man, I love that. I love that there's so many role models that we can learn from. So as we get ready to close, I want to share that last week, I was uh, just actually a few days ago, um, I was driving from our home, and we live in Apple Valley in the South Metro, down to Owatonna to meet with a lead pastor, um, that um, we're just in connection together. And so I was driving down there. We're gonna meet. One of my values is, is I think on time is 10 minutes early. I don't know if anybody else thinks that way. I just, I try. So punctuality is huge to me and, and stuff. And so I usually leave an extra 10, 15 minutes buffer. And so I was gonna get on the highway, 35W straight down to Owatonna uh, to meet with this pastor, great friend, great leader. And, um, and it was, and so I got on the highway and I just, I started Apple Maps to all that kind of stuff. And I, then I started returning a few phone calls because it's just straight down the highway and it's Bluetooth. I wasn't on my phone. It was through Bluetooth just so you don't like text me anything, okay? So um, 
I was driving down, and, uh, and so about 10 minutes into the road trip, all of a sudden, traffic came to a halt, and one lane was closed for the next 10 miles. Who closes the interstate at noon? Come on, somebody, right? So have you ever, you start to problem solve in your mind how everything was dumb, right? Why are they doing this? I can't see any workmen. I couldn't see any workmen. But, I, you know, and can I go on the side? Can I go on the shoulder? I didn't do any of those things. But I'm, I'm thinking, and all of a sudden, I don't know about you, but I trusted Apple Maps. It let me down. I had it on the little holder thing. It didn't show red, right? So if you like have any connection to that algorithm, fix it. But anyways, um, I... I ended up being late, true story, not because of this message, it just happened. And uh, I texted him, and somebody like, you texted while you're driving? I was going one mile an hour, okay, just so we're clear. So I, I, I took a little grace there, at that, and I said, hey, told, said his name, I'm gonna be a little bit late, I, I'm sorry, he, you know. So I got there 15 minutes late. I felt so bad. I walked in, um, sat down, and I said, hey, bro, I am so sorry, it's on me. And um, he's so gracious with me, he's just a friend, and he's like, oh, don't worry about it, I get it, totally understand it, and stuff like that. And it reminded me of what God had told me two weeks ago to share with you three verbal confessions. So if you don't catch anything else I share today, if you would catch this, I think it could really help our prayer lives, our interactions with people. As we deal with our own blind spots, I have them. I am a work in progress on this. I'm not perfect at it, but I think we can all grow in this. Three verbal confessions that really help us, really help us become that God make us stronger, okay? So here's the first one. The first one is this. It's on me. Everybody say, it's on me. It's on me. Just say that and it will be 50% better. I mean that. And sometimes it's hard because it's kind of pride killing. But you know what? I didn't say anything about Apple Maps. I kind of vented to you this morning, but I didn't say that to him. I just said, hey, it's on me. Second thing, I would encourage you on a verbal confession when appropriate with God. Say, God, please forgive me. God, it's on me. I did it. Second thing, God, please forgive me. Third verbal confession is this. I want to change. Please show me how to grow. God, I want to change. Please show me how to grow. Our God, who wants to be our God, who loves us unconditionally, he will show me and all of us how to grow in the journey of making us stronger. And we can be the people of high integrity, high trustworthy, whether we're a brand new Christian, exploring Christianity, or a long-term believer. And everybody said amen. Amen. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes with me? Father, thank you for this moment. Thank you for scripture. Thank you for all that you teach us. God, we trust you and we believe in everything you've called us to do. Help us, God, to walk in obedience to you. Help us with the blind spots. Help us to, to use wisdom. Help us to seek guidance. Help us just to kind of bow before you. Say, Holy Spirit, please speak to my life and point out what needs to be pointed out. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said a good amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Thank you. We're going to take a moment here. I'm going to ask you one more time if you bow your head and close your eyes. Um, 
won't take a long time. We're doing great on time, by the way. We'll dismiss in just a little bit and we'll have a few more minutes of worship. And, but if you came to church today and you aren't right with Jesus, and that could be anybody. I remember when that was my story a long time ago too. But you've come to church today and we're not gonna embarrass you in any way today, but we wanna give you an opportunity to not leave church the same way you came in. And so if you um, need to commit your life to Jesus, invite him to be your Lord and Savior, fully commit, go all in. You might be like me, I was raised religious, but I didn't have a relationship with Jesus. In just a few moments, we're gonna pray. So our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed and we're gonna give you an opportunity to know that your life is right with Jesus Christ, to leave church knowing that your life is right. In a few moments, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand if you wanna be included in this prayer, and then we'll quickly pray together. But if you're here today, watching online, or you're here in the sanctuary at Spring Lake Park, and you say, you know what? I, I need to fully commit my life to Jesus. I know I need God's forgiveness, and I wanna ask him. I wanna be forgiven of sin and fully commit to Jesus. Or maybe you've done that before, but you know there's distance, and you know in your heart you, you, just, you wanna recommit your life to Jesus and receive his forgiveness. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, if you'd say, Pastor, include me in the final prayer, I wanna make that decision. Shoot your hand up just high enough for me to see it. All over the room and don't be ashamed. That's, that's amazing. Keep raising them. I love it. On the balcony, on the main floor. Come on, keep raising them. This is your moment to be reconciled to God and to, to be forgiven. Come on, keep putting them up. In Jesus' name, how good is that? That is so amazing. I love it. Praise the Lord. Wow, amen, you can put your hands down. Would you repeat this prayer after me? We're all gonna pray it together, but it's meaningful. Please repeat it after me. Jesus, I come to you. I confess I'm a sinner. Please forgive me of my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Jesus, I invite you into my heart to be my Savior and my Lord, to be the leader of my life. Jesus, I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, can we celebrate together? Thank you for joining us. We pray that you are encouraged and blessed by today's message. Check out emmanuelcc.org for faith resources, how to get plugged into community, or to join us live on Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. We are so excited to see what God is going to do. The best is yet to come.